I was recently helping someone prepare for a job interview. This is actually a little-known service that I do from time to time with people. So as you're listening to this episode, and if you like some of my ideas and you want to have a conversation about it, just let me know. So this episode is really for primarily for people that are maybe looking for jobs and going on job interviews. Maybe if you're a hiring manager, maybe you'll get some ideas in terms of what you might want to be hiring for. But in general, I think my thoughts here are really focused on people looking for a new job or that are going on job interviews. So if that's not you, there's 70 some other episodes in the back catalog you might want to check out. Or I've been doing this recently. Maybe listen to an episode again. Maybe there's something in there that caught your attention or you just want to listen to again. So check that out. So this little known service that I was mentioning around interviewing is basically me being the toughest interviewer I can be, even a jerk, to help people get all the kinks out of their stories, the things they want to share, putting their best foot forward. And the idea is let's just get it out of the way when it doesn't really matter. In other words, make the mistakes with me, not in that interview. I mentioned being a jerk. I've had some interviews with some people that were not so friendly. So I like to kind of throw that into the mix to throw people off guard a little bit and just give them the experience, give them the practice of recovering and getting back on track. I often record these as well. So actually this came up in a something I was listening to or reading recently. It was the idea of game tape. Now, I've never played football, but my understanding of uh, college, professional sports, probably high school, I guess, too, is they often review game tape after a game to review what worked and what didn't work. And so in the same way, with this mock interview process, I make a recording so that the person can listen to it again and kind of catch the questions they might want to think more about and also reflect on how they did. The things I'm sharing here, too, reflect my own thought process and approach to when I was a candidate and being interviewed, which hasn't happened in years. Uh, But a lot of this stuff, like I said, came to light recently when I did a mock interview with another person. So this probably comes as no surprise, but I can't say enough about preparing, blocking out the time writing down notes, getting really, really clear in your head about what's unique about you. What do you bring to this situation that nobody else does? And I mean, beyond the normal things that everyone says, you know, I'm a hard worker, I'm responsible. I I don't think I ever interviewed anyone where they said, yeah, I'm just not really responsible. Like you just wouldn't say that job interview. So take some time though to get really clear about What's unique about you? Now, sometimes this is where a coach or a mock interviewer like me can help suss some of that stuff out, discuss it, distill down uh, what is unique about you. And I encourage writing all these things down. Maybe you don't take the, I don't know that I would take the document to an interview. If you're on the phone though, 
I'd sure as heck have all that stuff in front of me, though, to refer to. So get really clear on who you are, your unique strengths, your, I was going to say your unique weaknesses. Uh, Those, depending on how tough the interviewer is and how bold, uh, sometimes that question will come up. We'll get to that in a little bit. Actually, I don't know if I had any notes on that. That one's always a tricky one. Um, I always like to pick something that's not too um, damaging and something that can be flipped around. So, uh, you know, maybe an, maybe an example here for in a certain profession where this is valued or not would be, you know, I have a real attention to detail and that can be really frustrating to people. However, here's how I've learned to... Um, moderate that level of attention to detailness. And here's actually a situation where it paid off. You you can probably think of some others for yourself, but that's kind of the path I guess I would go down is what is something that is something that I can flip or that I can kind of turn on its head a little bit to say, yeah, this is a weakness. I'm aware of it. Self-awareness is really important. And here's how I, here's actually how it's a superpower or here's how I've, you know, turned it around to actually use it as a strength. Also in this time of preparation, I recommend really thinking about your past experiences in light of this new position that you're interviewing for. And what I mean here is two or three, four or five or Four or five would be excellent, but stories. Now, I've mentioned stories before, not the, not the negative stories that we tell ourselves, not the stuff we make up in our heads, but actual stories of things that you have done that demonstrate your uniqueness, your like your unique strengths, and what you bring to the table. An easy way to get started with this is to print off the job posting or get it up on the screen and sit with it. And as you read through that job posting or what you know about the job or that type of work is to reflect on what are the key characteristics that make someone really successful or really valuable in this role. And then try to think of a few examples or stories that would support that. You don't know when you're going to use these. Sometimes an interviewer will say, give me an example of a time when, and then you got it right in your back pocket. Or sometimes it might be, tell me about your experience in this particular area. And then you can also just lay the story right down there as well. So, uh, you know, what's your experience with Python? And instead of saying, well, I have two or three years of experience, it's a much deeper answer to say, well, I have two or three years of experience and the most complicated, the most complicated thing I've ever written is this, or, um, yeah, I have a lot of experience with Python. It was the language that was, you know, central to this product that my team built and released. And so it's also a way to also kind of, you know, sneak in some other things that you might want to brag about in a polite way. If you've had more than one job in the last hmm, two or three years, I probably want to have uh, two or three stories for each job as well 
just to have in your back pocket in terms of examples of what you did in that particular role at that particular company uh, that demonstrates your abilities and your success. It's also a good idea for each of those past jobs, including the one you're currently in, is to get really clear about what you like about that job. Even if you're leaving it because you don't like it, there must be something you liked about it or you wouldn't have signed on there in the first place. So something you liked about it, and then also be prepared to be able to answer in as much detail as you want to what you didn't like about the job or what didn't work. That's one to be a little bit careful with because if it was a really, really negative experience, you probably don't want to air too many of those negatives in the interview and come across as a real downer or a whiner. Also, as part of this preparation, I think it's really important to get really, really clear on what you want and what you want next. In other words, how does this new position that you're interviewing for tie in to what you want and how does it support this thing that you're really wanting to pursue and have more of in your life? This can also often be turned back on you as, well, why can't you find that at your current company or in your current location? And so you'll want to have, again, a, I'm always advocating an honest answer here. I'm not advocating for a second saying something that's not true. I think there are better and worse ways, though, to explain why something can't be accomplished or, you know, why this thing that you're really wanting to have next or to pursue next or to be a part of can't happen at your current place. Underneath that, and this is just kind of an overall mind frame or mindset that I would encourage is, and it ties into this whole idea of what, you know, pursuing what you want. You want to be running to something versus running away from something. So I know as an interviewer, when I'm interviewing people, when I was interviewing people, I could usually tell how badly someone wanted the job or like how interested they really were versus, you know, my company's laying off or my division's about to get downsized and I just want to try to find something before the ship sinks. Now, I totally get that someone wants to be employed and have a job and make money, but given the choice between someone that's just trying to find a job before they lose theirs or to just get away from a bad situation versus someone that's in a pretty good situation, but they're looking for something better that's more in line with what they want, that's the person that's going to resonate more with me as a hiring manager. So part of this figuring out what you want is, you know, what are the things that you must have in this new position? Is it particular responsibilities? Is it a progression in title, size of the team, compensation? Getting really clear on what those kind of must-haves are for that next job will also help you to focus your thinking and your energy around, yeah, what is it about this next job that's that's drawing me forward, that's uh, in sync with what I want? And is there enough of that there? The, and, and then the counter to this is, 
get clear. Again, I would recommend writing all this stuff down. Get clear on what the red flags for you will be. Uh, for some people, it could be uh, you always have to be in an office or you know, compensation needs to be at least this amount or I need to have at least these responsibilities. I want to be seeing these kind of behaviors and hearing these kinds of things as people talk about what it's like to work on their team or their coworkers or uh, how much uh, social time people spend together outside of work. Taking some time to kind of think through, hey, this is what I really want. This is what I really want to do. And then also thinking through, if I see these things, that will be a sign to me that this is not a good position for me. I look at the job interview process always as a two-way street. It's, there, there's a, and it brings, it brings also a different kind of energy to the interview, I believe, as well. So if you're just kind of coming to the interview like it's a beauty contest and you're just like, just pick me, pick me, pick me, that brings that can bring i don't know a sense of kind of desperation or um neediness or i don't know it just doesn't come across real invitingly to an interviewer so i guess what i'm advocating in this notion of looking you know deciding what the red flags are is yes the interviewers are checking you out but my encouragement would be that you equally check them out to determine, again, is it something that you really run want to run to versus, oh, I just got to get out of the horrible situation that I'm in. A lot of times for a first interview or a screen, a phone, they call it a phone screen, although a lot of times these days it's on video. So if you're going to do video, put your best foot forward. Here's some ideas I have there. Camera, camera placement. Have a decent camera. If you've got an older laptop with not such a great camera. You can get an external camera. Uh, I'll link to one that's it's like 40 or 50 bucks. It's been around forever. It's a Logitech. I think it's a C920. I'll link to it in the show notes. Put that camera at eye level. Now, I've come up with kind of a little a hacky setup for myself. I have a standing desk. And what I will do when video really matters is I will put my laptop up on top of this standing desk and then on top of a box so that the camera is at eye level. So in other words, it's eye level with my head, with my eyes, or a tiny bit higher so that you're looking up to the camera. It provides a much better impression than the, you know, where the the lid is tilted on your laptop and it just isn't... I think it can, you can provide more... <laughs> what am I trying to say? You can give better eye contact and look at the camera when it's at eye level. Also practice with the awkwardness of talking in talking to the camera and not looking at the screen. If you want to try to make eye contact with the interviewer, which I recommend, that's one of the downsides that it's actually one of the reasons that a lot of my coaching I don't use video because there's always that awkwardness where you're looking someone in the eyes, but if you're looking at them in the eyes, you're really you can't see their eyes because you're looking at the camera, and so you end up looking down at the screen. So if you don't do a lot of video calls, um, or you haven't thought about it, just record a video of yourself looking at the camera on your laptop and figure out if that's the way you want it to work out. Make sure the sound is decent too. 
typically earbuds sound better than your laptop microphone, although most of the Macs these days sound pretty good. But again, test all this stuff out. Think about the background too. Do you want to be sitting in your laundry room, you know, with the pantry door open behind you and stuff laying everywhere? Or do you want to have a just fairly neutral background behind you? Pick a good place to to sit. Also consider bandwidth. Mostly not a problem for people these days, but sometimes I've seen that too. If you can plug an Ethernet cable into your computer, do it. Uh, If you need to go somewhere to make sure you have good Wi-Fi, do it. Try it all out. If you're applying for a job at a tech company and you can't, you know, get the video software to work for the interviewer, it's it's not going to leave a good first impression. The big takeaway here is get all the kinks out of the setup in advance. Try everything out. Plan ahead. In the department of doing whatever you need to do to put your best foot forward, I've recommended this to people. I've done it myself. Do you need to go for a walk beforehand? Do you meditate? Do you need to put some buffers in your schedule? So in other words, block out your calendar so that you're not in wall-to-wall meetings before you have to hop on this video call or go, you know, physically go to the interview. Put your best foot forward in terms of like energy level during the day. Do you have your best energy first thing in the morning? Tell the interviewer that that's when you're available. Better in the afternoon? Do that. Get a good night's sleep. Um... Just do whatever you have found that puts you in the best physical and mental space. I mentioned earlier the importance of having stories that demonstrate your unique abilities, accomplishments, that you are well-versed in a particular area or subject. Here's one caution. This is a big one. I've seen this happen repeatedly. An interviewer is interviewing you. They are not interviewing your team. And this is a careful one. So then this, again, this is one where I think a little practice can go a long way, which is when you are talking about particular accomplishments, yes, on the one hand, you don't want to make it all about you so that you come across as this egotistical, narcissistic, (laughs) you know, I do it all myself all the time and I'm awesome and that's why you'd want to hire me. On the other hand, I have seen far too many situations where someone talked all about what their team accomplished, and I could never figure out what that person did on the team. So my team delivered this product, you know, tell me about a time when you demonstrated whatever, or tell me about an example of something you created. Well, I worked on this team and we created this. And we did this and we had these problems, but then we overcame it. And sometimes I would dig into this and sometimes I just let it go. But, and sometimes with some candidates, there, there can be just a real pattern of we, 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 which on the one hand is good, but I was never able to see what their part of the we was. Be clear in your mind what's the unique contribution that you bring to a team? What is it when you're on a team that makes that team thrive? What's the secret superpower that you bring to a team that makes the team different when you're there versus when you're not? That's what I want to see. Because as an interviewer, 
I'm hiring you, not your team. Another one that's important here is your own self-awareness. And these, this question I heard, I think it was Tim Ferriss talking to Stanley McChrystal. And I've always thought this was a very fascinating question. And I've actually used it in some interviews. It's a setup that says, finish this phrase. And this phrase is, everyone loves working with me except when... And then you have the person finish the sentence. Now... If someone's not able to answer this question, I don't think they're being honest. Or it demonstrates a potential lack of self-awareness. So that can be a good one to think about. That's also a good question to kind of think of in terms of what are the weaknesses that, you know, if they ask the traditional, what are your, you know, top, what are your two weaknesses or what are your top weaknesses that can be a way to get underneath that. Another question I read, it may have been from the same interview or somewhere else, but it was as a, so like say you're applying for, say you're a developer and you're applying for a position on a development team. As a developer, people experience me as, so it's kind of a way to describe, you know, who are you? What are you like? How do people experience you? So again, if someone's not able to answer that question, then my first thought is, what level of self-awareness does this person have? A few more things to throw in this idea of just having some stories that demonstrate your abilities and kind of substantiate the claims on your skills. And there's a fine line here too. You do not want to put the interviewer to sleep. Here are some things that I like to think of. In the story, is there some way that that the things that you mention can mention like how deep you go and maybe your expertise, uh, what you accomplished, how you got there, and then maybe as well, like what was your thought process? So if you were in a really tough situation, what was the thought process you went through to get there? Now, you got to be careful with this because... Sometimes I've seen people get completely lost in their own story. So, you know, tell me about a time when you, uh, tell me about the most complicated code you've ever written. And they start talking about like, I was on this team and we did this and we did that and we did this and we did that. And then five minutes later, they're like, wait, what was the question? (laughs) So you don't want to lose the interviewer. And this is again, a tricky one to kind of play with. So this is where, again, Preparation pays off. So just enough details to get across what's awesome about you. You can also check in with the interviewer to say, did that give you enough of what you were looking for? Or was that enough detail? Or would you like me to go a little deeper on that? And if they do, they would say yes. And if they're already got what they needed, they can say no. Have questions for the interviewer. This, I think, is an often overlooked goldmine for you, the job seeker, to get more information on the position and to set yourself up for success with subsequent interviewers. Prepare these questions in advance. Uh, Maybe it's a couple days in advance if you can. You just start kind of writing them down and sketching them out and just kind of write them down over time. Again, 
some of these questions could be generated from this whole thing of like, what are the red flags or what are the must haves in this position? What are the red flags going to be? What are questions that I can ask that would get at those things and would come across in a way that doesn't sound fearful or that I'm really worried or whatever. An example here would be, so maybe uh, working from home is important to you. So a good question here is, so what's your company's philosophy on remote workers? Versus, so how many days a month am I required to be in the office? (laughs) One takes me straight to the question of like, how many days do you want to be in the office? Oh, you don't want to be in the office at all. Hmm. Versus, what's your philosophy? That's kind of like just a more general thing. So the the goldmine question that I always like to ask here is what would make someone successful in this role? Here's why this is such a goldmine question. You learn more about the position. Someone that would be really successful in this person is someone that really does a good job of standing up to other people because there's this one guy on the team that's a real jerk and he's really, really difficult to work with. Oh, that just told me a bunch of information. Or... Uh, well, someone that's really well-versed in C++ and Java and Go, because those are really the core languages that we use. Uh, someone, what would make someone really successful? Someone that's really diplomatic or someone that's really good at PowerPoint or whatever. You're, you know, jotting and remembering these things. Then when you go on to meet with the second or the third interviewer, you make those things part of assuming they're true, you make those things part of the stories or the narratives that go to the answers to the questions that you're being asked. And you, in other words, you're doing that little reconnaissance on the position through each interview that you go, go through. Another way to ask this question is also, um, what types of people do you find are a good fit for your team or company or... It's, I guess it's very similar. So make up the whole question that's that's yours, that, that fits how you would ask it. And always ask questions. So I don't know what it is, but when I interview someone, if they don't have any questions, that kind of leaves a weird sense in my head, like, why don't you have any questions? So in worst case, just ask the same questions again. Um, this can also be an interesting test. Maybe you're trying to get a sense of company culture or what people like the most about working at their company. Or an interesting question, if asked the right way and kind of in the right spirit, is what do people like least about working at this company? If you ask that same question to five different people and you get the same five answers, you know you're onto something. And maybe that, that thing that they mention is, is not a big deal to you. Maybe it is. Sometimes asking the same question can be valuable to kind of see if the answers are in alignment, if it unearths something, but it's better to ask a question than to say, no, I don't have any questions. I ask them to all the other interviewers. There's, oh, there's got to be something in the interview that piqued your interest or that popped into your head. Here's something I should have brought up a little bit earlier when I was talking about fit and what's important to you and what do you want. Values can be huge here getting clear about what your values are. Yeah, check out the previous episode with Michael Doyle where we mined for his value. Well, we talked about what values are and kind of how to discover them. And then we actually 
dug into his own values. So again, if you're having trouble kind of figuring out what are my values, glad to have a conversation with you. Uh, But yes, being clear on your values and listening for them throughout the conversation, weaving them into your questions, um, and just being on the lookout for them. You know, I really value uh, peace and tranquility. Is this a peaceful work environment or is it totally chaotic? So yes, be on the lookout for, would I be able to honor my values here? How hard would it be to honor them? Would it be natural to honor them or would it be a lot of work? Because in my experience, all the money in the world is not worth losing your soul over. And when you're doing work that is not in alignment with your values, it just eats your soul up a little bit at a time. The last thing that often comes up in job interview situations is compensation. This is a tricky one. It's not a specialty area for me, although I had Kate Dixon on a couple episodes ago, and she has tons of experience with compensation. She also has some blog posts about it, and I will also link to a handful of articles that I found, too. The real sticky, tricky question on compensation is often wanting to know your salary history. And I recently came, I've never... I will say I have not tried these. Uh, These articles came along well after I started at my last job. So I haven't tried them, but there are some fairly creative ways to not answer the question. I will say, though, that in across my career, I was, mm, what's the right word here? So yes, this whole notion of salary history Definitely affected by it in two jobs that I can think of right in this moment that I wish I had had these articles for. I can't guarantee you that they will work, but I think they'll give you some new ideas and new ways of thinking about it. I also saw something recently somewhere, I don't remember where it was, where they were almost talking about the notion of salary history not being something that employers could ask about. So I think that would be awesome. Companies might not feel that way. Links to those articles, Kate Dixon's contact uh, information, and anything else. Again, if you want to have a conversation around this, you want to do a mock interview, something came up in this episode that piqued an interest or a thought or whatever you want to discuss it with me, just let me know. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates.